Hey, my friend. So today we're going to talk about making an impact. This is again, part of a coaching call that I had with Carly. And this particular segment is when we're really talking about the high standards and expectations we have of ourselves, and how that plays into the impact that we're trying to make as leaders. And when we're trying to lead change, when we're really hard workers, when we're high performers, when we're high achievers, when we're trying to really make the organization better, when we're trying to make the program better or our team better, it's kind of that balance of how do we give grace, give ourselves grace, give other people grace while still continuing to push forward so that we're always getting better. So we're always helping call everyone higher too, right? And so we're going to see in this behind the scenes coaching call here that Carly was so generous in being willing to share with you. We'll start to see these expectations that we tend to carry of ourselves and the responsibilities that we end up taking on of what we put on our shoulders and all in in this beautiful drive that we have to really make a difference and to solve problems and to see a need and meet a need and to see suffering and want to really address it. You'll see the behind the scenes of how we can discern with the Lord what our responsibility is to carry so that we don't end up carrying burdens on our shoulders that he doesn't mean for us to carry. This is for you if you're a leader who really wants to make an impact. You tend to be a high performer, but also tend towards burnout in that, right? Or you maybe overcommit or overextend yourselves or really take on more than you're asked. And I know for those of us who, especially if you're in the military or really any organization, you're probably going to see, you know, there's certain things that frustrate you about it, right? There's certain things that you're like, hey, you know, these are problems that exist and I really feel like we could be doing better. And you may even want to be part of the change that you want to see in that, right? But it's easy to get frustrated. And so I've seen that a lot in the advocacy work that I've done. I see it a lot in the women that I coach. It's kind of easy sometimes to feel like a victim to whatever the problems are within our organization. But I hope this is encouraging to you in helping you see you really can be part of the solution. And in being part of the solution, we really have to carefully discern what exactly our role is in it and how we can bring other people on board to create that change that we want to see. So at the end of the day, we're able to make that impact that God is calling us to, but without sacrificing what matters most, without compromising our family, our mental health, our relationships, our physical health and well-being, without running ourselves into the ground. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform? With so many expectations to perform in your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. 
The other thing that I would love for you to think about is this concept of how our tasks can really fill the amount of time we give it, especially when we're mm-hmm. perfectionists. If we if we give it an open-ended time frame, we're gonna take that open-ended time frame. So everything from preparing for you know a, a class or a presentation you're gonna give to even grading something like grading a paper, right? So if you give yourself, you may have already been working on this, but give yourself benchmarks for the time frame that you really want it to take. The other thing that I think is important to think about here is how do you actually want to feel when you're working, Carly? And maybe you can break this down by type of task when you're working. So like when you're grading versus when you're teaching versus when you're preparing for an assignment or for a, sorry, for a class or something like that. Those are all very different, but how do you like generally what's coming up for you? How do you want to feel when you are you know, in in your workday, engaging in those kinds of tasks? I think one of the things, especially with preparing lectures, because like you said, the, the feelings are different. I want to feel confident about what I'm about to talk about because <laughs> that's, I've noticed in one of the, when I started this one unit I'm about to make, or even this week, like today and this week, I need to make a quiz and a test. For some of this stuff, I don't know as much about it. Like I'm familiar with it, but I don't know a ton about it. And so then, you know, as I'm preparing the lecture, part of it is making sure I understand it so then I can teach it, you know, and then I need to figure out what is important for them to know, you know, because I'm mostly, I teach myself and then I have to figure out, well, what did they need to know to make sure the class is interesting and relevant and not too bogged down with detail because it's not necessary for them to know all these like tiny levels of detail of this class. And so when I, when I'm preparing like a quiz and a test and a, a lecture, I want to feel good and confident and excited, I suppose, about giving them what I'm producing. <laughs> That's how I want to feel that. And then when I'm grading, I almost always end up feeling like frustrated. <laughs> what leads to that? Do you think? Some of this is that I'm learning and I'm, I've, I've gotten a lot better at giving myself more grace with I'm learning how to be a professor. I'm learning how to mentor these students in different ways. And, you know, I don't, I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. And so now I'm I'm figuring it out. But I think a lot of the frustration, what I'm learning is if I don't make my expectations clear, I was just having this talk with Alex about like, as a very driven person, as a very good student, as a perfectionist, my base standard of what I will produce is not the same as what most other people will produce. I just, I have to make my expectations clear because there's some things I assume I don't need to say about what I'm expecting. And then I don't say it and I don't, I don't get it, you know? So then, so part of it's like, you know, I'm, I'm learning. And I think some of it's from this journey too, of like, I am not mad at the students for not doing what they don't know to do, but I also am learning what they don't know how to do or just like what they don't expect to to have to do. And so I'm learning to be really explicit or more explicit or to think about like with these papers um, that I'm helping the students write. One of the biggest frustrations about them is it's not a new project. It's a project that's been around for like the whole program for 10 or 12 years. And then I'm mentoring a couple of students and I'm reading all the papers too. In addition to that, because I'm in charge of that class and I've like been spending the whole last nine weeks of the semester trying to get what are what is our expectation for these papers to have? Because I can't lead my students to an expectation that I don't know what it is. And so as I'm like reading these papers, part of it's a frustration because it should already be in place. I don't understand. I just don't understand why we don't already have expectations for the students to hit. And so then so there's this like joint frustration of 
I'm frustrated because the student's writing isn't great or they're not hitting what I assume that they would. But then I'm also frustrated because our program <laughs> doesn't have these expectations and we should. I'm like, how have we been doing this class for 10 years without like expectations for what they're going to do? So I think a lot of the frustration is learning what I need to do to set up the students for success and assuming, you know, I never thought, I don't think that a lot of the work that I do is crazy. You know, like I I know I work hard and I know I do good work, but I never thought of it as like crazy exceptional, the things that I'm able to produce. And my husband's always like, but that's what it is. Like you need to understand people don't work to the level that you work, but you know, I'm like, I'm not even trying that hard. This is just, this is just what I produce. This is just what I do. And so learning, you know, how can I get students to that level um, of what I think is just good enough, you know, because my good enough, they're not hitting, but they don't know it. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hear you on all the frustration, especially if you're like inheriting something that should have already been in place. So I don't know if you've already done this, but look at seeing if you can reach out to anybody across another, maybe another institution, like in a similar department or something like that, where they can have a framework for you to take a look at almost like as a template to follow for a rubric, like a grading mm-hmm. rubric for papers that are in your similar field, something like that. If there's any professional organizations you could reach out to, mm-hmm. just some networks of, of people who might have, have something that you can look, you could a baseline if you're not reinventing the wheel completely yeah but yeah I understand where you're coming from the more you define those expectations for both yourself and for them the less frustration you're going to feel because some of the frustration that comes in in our life in general but in so many elements right is is that discrepancy between our expectations and then reality and how it all plays out and sometimes we don't even know how we're defining those things but we're still frustrated about it. We sense that frustration and it comes. And so the more we can just be very clear in our own minds, just draw awareness to what are our unspoken, our kind of implicit expectations. And then we can make a decision on those. Like once we actually bring them out of our, you know, our mind, we can like see them in front of us and be like, oh, that's interesting. Do I want to hold that expectation? Is that intentional? Or can Mm -hmm. I adjust this a little bit maybe and recalibrate it for the purpose of this, whatever it is in my life, or maybe just to give them grace or, or myself more grace or whatever. So you know, part of it is that awareness first. And then the second thing is, is making another decision on it, like assessing it and making a decision and then communicating that. So in in a way that is compassionate too, right? With the other person, because sometimes it's like in marriage, sometimes it's our expectations versus reality, right? And then we get frustrated with our spouse when they're not, you know, putting their their laundry in the hamper that's right next to where they're dropping it or or something, you know, like the silly things. Mm -hmm. But if we're never communicating it and we're just getting frustrated, we're just like picking up that sock and throwing it in there all mad about it all the time, you know, but then we don't, and then we suddenly have an outburst about it. It's like, you know, we have to communicate those things too, but it also is true in in any area, right? So yeah, so that's kind of what came up for me there. I think the more you can bring those expectations out of your head, even get them onto paper, and it doesn't have to be like the rubric product that you're putting together, but literally take out like, what in your mind is getting you frustrated when you're reading these papers? What have, have they not mastered that you feel like is a fundamental they should absolutely know by this point in time in their academic career, mm-hmm. right? Then you can start to see, wow, these gaps exist. So maybe in, I need to build in a little bit of more teaching on these parts of writing for this in this yeah. field, you know, that we're in. And I think it could give you, it could feel like that frustration is is okay. I want to validate it. 
but it, we need to fuel it in a good positive direction, like a productive yeah. direction. So it's not just festering in your mind because then it's just, you know, it's just going to bog you down. Right. Well, how do you feel about that? How does that sit with you? I think that's like the journey I've been on in a lot of ways this semester is that, that idea of like, because I'm realizing what my expectations unintentionally were or like at a baseline are, and then seeing, cause that, like you're saying, that's is where the frustration comes from is like, I didn't realize that I had this expectation necessarily until it's not met. And I'm like, why can you not write this way when you're a senior in college, you know? And then part of it is, is it's not how much of that is something that they need to write this paper well, and I'm going to help them get to this paper, at least being done well. But some of it's also some of the frustration comes from like, the program as a whole, <laughs> we are not shaping the students. There's like gaps in this program that are kind of coming into light that, you know, I always, I like to fix things. And so fixing the program is not a realistic goal for me. I don't think, cause I'm, I'm just going to put all this weight on myself of like, I need to fix this and I need to fix all these students, but I can at least for the, you know, couple of weeks I have left with these students and for these specific papers, you know, I can help them get to a good goal and kind of help them as much as I can. And then now that I know for the younger students that I'm working with or will be working with, I can kind of, you know, use what I'm learning and try to help them there at that level. And so it's it's a mix of like, I think I'm in the process of what of, of doing what you're describing and realizing, oh, OK, I don't know that my expectations are bad and I don't know how how did I learn how to do these things? You know, at some point I learned how to do these things. I don't know where, but you know, how can I now be on the other side and teach them how to do these things? Um, so it's, a, that's part of why the grading takes a long time and it gets frustrating, but, um, I think I'm, that's part of what this year is, is like, I'm learning how to do this and I'm okay with learning and I want to help this set the students up the best I can. So that's, I'm in the middle of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Something that I heard you say that I just want to key in on too is you, you, you sometimes feel that your responsibility is to fix the whole entire program, right? And then to fix, you even said fix the students. So it's really interesting, right? So get curious about, get curious about that and really ask, I mean, honestly, I think something that, something that I was even thinking about a little bit actually this week in my own past, as I've been working through some of these things mentally, I realized that part of the expectations I was carrying of myself is almost like my responsibility is to, yeah, to fix and to save everybody else. And, Mm. and I was, it was like my, my tendency towards like helping to to see a need and to meet a need or to see a problem and solve a problem or see suffering and want to, want to address it was, was almost stemming from like this sense of like, oh, I have to be the one to save this person or to fix this problem. And it's not always, not always true necessarily. Like God, God gives us, sometimes he gives us unique gifts and puts us in particular moments in, in time where we can help and we can meet a need. And that is being the hands and feet of Christ. But we are not, we are not Christ. We are not the savior of the world. We are not God. And that is not our, it's not our responsibility to be God for other people. Right. And And that's like, that's taking it like a lot of steps further. But I think sometimes it's like a deeper underlying pressure we might feel. And, and I think some of that goes back to like our fallen human nature even. So there's like lots of layers here, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed for me, some of the roots of these things, these pressures that I feel also in, also in that. And so it's like taking on, it's just taking on more burdens than than God wants us to carry. So really 
the the takeaway there is like to to discern with the Lord, like what is my level of responsibility to steward? You know, this is a very big problem and we're acknowledging it's a very big problem, but um, God, God wants to give you a part of that. Right. But you don't have to carry the whole entire thing on your shoulders and you're not meant to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what can you do to, to, you know, be in your lane as you're meant to the run the race mm-hmm. that God has set before you like faithfully, but then also just stay in your lane of running, right? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like focus on run and then also bring other people along with you. So, you know, if you see there's, there's this humongous problem in, in the program that is way beyond, you know, what you might have the capacity to control or the responsibility then how can you maybe start start having some conversations or helping to to bring people on board your vision? Like if you have a vision for where things should go and you see things that other people don't, that's a gift God has given you. And that's a beautiful thing, but it doesn't mean that you have to be the one to action every single one of those items and to see it through mm-hmm. from start to finish, right? And so that's definitely, I've noticed that a lot for me in this new job I've been coming into because everybody has their particular roles and responsibilities. And I don't have a defined role and responsibility in this because I'm here temporarily. And so I kind of be given like the free reign to just see gaps and to fill it and to, which is awesome. Um, and, and I, I feel like it's one of my strengths, but it, it is interesting. I feel some of these things that you're talking about. So it's given me that chance to exercise this, this muscle of how do I generate awareness about the gap that I see or a problem that can be fixed. And then, bring people on board, like gain buy-in to help them towards a solution. And and also to not make them feel like get defensive about it because it's, if it's their lane or it's something they've been working on for a while, you know, not coming in being like, oh, I'm coming in new and I've seen all these problems that have to be fixed, but more so from the perspective of, hey, I think we can really improve as a team. We can improve the outcomes for our students. We can really help get after these, you know, learning objectives better if we think about, if we kind of consider some of these elements and and here's a couple ideas, you know, what do you guys think? And, and then and start to generate that buy-in through the, the brainstorming together. So it's like, everybody really feels like they can come on board that process. And then you can kind of provide those ideas and, and toss the ball into somebody else's court that it belongs into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how does that, does that feel? I just kind of covered a lot there, but. No, it's good. I think, I think I said it before on one of these calls that on Wednesdays, we always have faculty meetings for just our department. And I, I've now realized that I usually leave those meetings feeling like very overburdened because my, my Dean likes to talk about, you know, the problems about academia as a whole and the problems, you know, we have talked to, we've, we're starting to figure out some of these gaps that the students have and figuring out, well, where, you know, what do we want a graduate from our program to look like and how do we get them there? Cause it's, you know, it's something happened, something has happened before now where there, there's a deficit, you know? And so I've already, I've gotten a bit better or I've been praying more intentionally about when I hear a problem, like what you said happens with you too. I'm like, okay, I got to fix it. You know, I'm aware of a problem. I can do something to help it. So now it is, I need to, to do something to fix this thing. And that's, that's how I get into, you know, over committing to things <laughs> that don't need to be a yes for me necessarily. And I, I think I'm learning, I've been slowly learning about not every burden that my dean like lays before us is something that then I need to actively tackle and fix necessarily because not everything like you said is in my lane. So I'm trying to figure out this is all part of the journey. I think I've I've been on this semester is like what can I do in my lane? What is my my burden of of care in my class and with these students that like I can hit because I can't make them amazing writers over this class. I can't, you know, that that's not the, this is not the place for that to happen, but I can help them at least a little, you know? And so I think that's part of what the struggle has been 
is figuring out what is my lane. You know, I don't like feeling overburdened by all these other issues that are there. Those issues are there, but then praying, like bringing them to God and being like, what do I need to do with these things? Because I can't fix all of them and it's overwhelming. But I think what, what isn't helpful and what I, what I need to like stop doing, do less of is just like being frustrated or banging my head against where we are of like, why aren't, why are we in this predicament? You know, like I'm new, so I'm figuring out, but then as I learn more about it, I'm like, why don't we have all these things in place? Like, why don't we have these infrastructures? Like to me, this getting back to the idea of expectations of like this, of course you should run a program that has these types of things in place of like, so students can hit goals and there's clear expectations for them. And, you know, if we want them to learn how to do this thing, then they need to be taught how to do it earlier. Like, why isn't that happening? And so some of the frustration is just like, I don't understand why this isn't happening. And then, you know, it's helping me to learn, I suppose, not everybody apparently is wired the way I am wired. And that's just, I just, I want to be able to, I guess I need to acknowledge, okay, it's not set up the way I would have done it. (laughs) And that's, it is what it is. And I need to stop being frustrated about it because it just slows me down, I guess. Like just being like, but why is this an issue? You know, is it's a valid feeling, but then just constantly coming back to like, but why is this happening is not going to help me fix it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a couple, a couple things there. One is yes. Acknowledge that it's a valid feeling. Like don't, don't dismiss that because it's not going to help you either. It's just going to keep coming up. Right. So acknowledge that uh, frustration exists. And then what I think is instead of just asking, why is this happening from that frustrated place and dwelling in the of it instead can you ask why is this happening from a more curious standpoint a more curious and compassionate standpoint of asking why is this happening and and almost you know how we talk about seeing people in the context of their story I want you Mm -hmm. to take that same perspective and see um, the people who have or have not contributed to whatever is going on right now and then also looking at seeing the program in the context of its story Do do you know what I'm saying by that so like mm-hmm. taking the organization and almost not quite personifying it, but looking at it as it's a product of humans and of processes and, and all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. and a organizational culture. Like there's so many dimensions of that that have contributed to it. So for, instead, when you find yourself going to that place of like, why is this happening? Go into a little bit more curious, compassionate place instead of a, a critical condemnation judgment kind of a place, right? And in knowing that, your heart behind it is, is wonderful. It's beautiful. So that's like the, you have the raw form of frustration right now, but when we redeem it and refine it, it becomes like a beautiful fuel for, you know, forward Mm -hmm. progress for, for change and for an amazing impact and contribution that, that, yeah, God has put you there to make Carly, you know, and, and you have this unique perspective and lens to be able to see these things and see these gaps. And, and you have, yeah, this, you know, these expectations of yourself that you also can, can bring to like increase the level of excellence in an organization. And that's an amazing thing. Like, so I just want to affirm you in that, like, this is not, that in itself is not a problem. It's, we, we just need to, to really channel it in a, in a good direction. Right. So, um, so yeah. How do you feel about that? I think that's a a beautiful way of thinking about it because I get what you're saying. Like see the program in the context of its story. Cause some of it, some of this comes from COVID. Like I think there were some things that sounds like were in place and then COVID broke some of them down and then it's slowly been built back up ever since. And some of that I've have heard some of those stories, but I also know 
one of the um, associate pastors at our church also works at at Truett and my husband works at our church. And so they have a lot of really good talks just kind of about the nature of, of our, of the school and some of the changes that's happened. And what Alex has said from the beginning about me and this job is like, I think you're really going to help Truett. And I've other people have said that of like, just knowing who I am, I guess, like, I think you're really going to, you being there is going to be good for the school. I guess I always discounted of like, okay, whatever, you know, that's fine. But I think kind of it's affirming, I guess, to hear you say it too, because my husband's been saying it and other people have said it. And I guess now that I'm in the midst of it and I see the potential for it, I guess I do see it. I think I have a hard time. I don't know. I I think I have a hard time accepting that I can do good things when I'm not trying to do good things. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I'm just doing (laughs) my job, you know? So then when people are like, yeah, but you're doing great. I'm like, this is how it should be done. I'm just doing it how it should be done, you know? And then, but it's not, I don't think that's the right response, but I think there's some sort of like pride or humility or something that's happening in there that shouldn't, I don't know, but I think it's, it's affirming because I've heard this from other people. So yes, it's a better way of thinking. Yeah. Of it. It's almost, let's not underestimate how God just wants to use us by merely even our presence sometimes, you know, All right, so that's where we're going to cut that one off for now. But I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope that through this, you were able to kind of see yourself in Carly's, you know, situations and some of the struggles of it, especially when we are leaders who truly see potential. We are able to see problems. We want to help solve problems. We want to help people. We want to make things better for the people who follow, right? We want to make a difference. I know it is is easy to kind of get bogged down in that somewhere and to feel very frustrated around it to feel like no matter what we do it's never measuring up we do end up carrying a lot on our shoulders with that simply by virtue of our huge hearts right and so again it's a gift that god has given us but we gotta allow the raw forms of maybe frustration or seeing these gaps we've got to give it to god so he can really redeem it so he can allow that frustration or maybe even the suffering we have personally experienced or the injustices we have experienced in the organization or whatever gaps it is that are are kind of causing problems. Can we use that as fuel for leading change, for making a big impact? Can we channel it in a really good productive direction? So again, it's so important to always examine these expectations we have of ourselves, the standards we're holding ourselves to, and in really what's going on internally while we are doing this work to make a difference. Because It's not just the external battles that we're fighting, but there's these deep internal battles. And I know you're fighting them every single day. And so if I can be here to support you in that, I would love to help you. So if this, if you've gotten a lot out of this, if you're like, oh man, I could definitely use a sounding board for these kinds of conversations too. I could definitely use some support in navigating maybe some of the perfectionism, some of the pressures to prove yourself or to kind of prove your value in the organization, the fear of letting other people down, the fear of disappointing others, tendencies towards overworking and overextending yourself or overcommitting or taking on you know more than is maybe prudent right in the season that you're in if you tend to put a lot on your plate and don't quite know how to 
kind of move out of that place of feeling like you're constantly running yourself into the ground, burnt out, and you want to build more balance, that's what I'm here to help you with. So go ahead and schedule a call with me. We can either do a discovery call if you're not really sure where to begin, or if you just want to kind of explore with one short conversation first, we can schedule a call for about 15, 20 minutes. Or if you're ready to jump into coaching, we can schedule a one-time coaching call in a one-on-one setting. So you'll see the link below to go ahead and get that booked and we can go from there. All right. Just keep fighting the good fight. Don't neglect the internal fight that's happening and how God really wants to heal some of these wounds and really to, to better equip you to serve and to give the best of yourself without compromising, without being burnt out every single step along the way because he wants more for you than that and truly when your cup is able to be filled as a leader you're able to give that much more of yourself to the people around you and to the organization and make it better for those who follow